Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode of Island Spot Sports. And before we get to our guest today, we have a big shout out for, for Living Sisu. Living Sisu is a platform and app that wants to give you all the tools to have success in your sport. Their main objective is to activate your lifestyle. So for active, it's for active people. Enjoy discounts at, at companies like BioSteel, 30% off, BodyLogics, the Goalie Guild, all his books are discounted. Roan, Lululemon for men, 20% off. Online stretching programs with Eccentrics, one full month free. They got super silent massage guns, 20% off those. And it's a great quality. It's way less expensive than a Theragun. And it's a great, it's great quality. So there's so many more discounts that you guys will need to just become a member to see. So they want to provide you with anything you need for success. So come join the community. I'm a part of it. A bunch of other athletes are a part of it. So it's free to join. It takes 20 seconds to have it, to get exclusive offers to your sport. And it's definitely worth worth it. So do do us a huge favor and go sign up for Living Sisu's membership. It's free, 20, takes 20 seconds. So go do it and we'll see you there. Living Sisu is a great company. We uh, we know one of the co-founders, Zach Fricali. He's a great guy. He... Uh, He's the co-founder and he does a lot of live streams on Instagram at, uh, at Living Sisu and with a bunch of elite athletes. And you learn a lot from like the athlete's determination, the resiliency, everything to what me, made them become successful. So it's been a great experience so far. So go on. I'm going to leave uh, the link in the description. So uh, go sign up. Yo, welcome back to another episode of On The Spot Sports. I'm Jack, and in today's episode, we are joined by a very special guest, current professional hockey goalie, Kyle Kaiser. Kyle is currently playing the AHL with the Providence Bruins and also spent some time in the ECHL this earlier this year with the Jacksonville Iceman. Kyle plays junior hockey days in the Ontario Hockey League with the Flint Firebirds and the Oshawa Generals. Kyle was also on Team USA in the World Junior Championships in 2018-2019. So, Kyle, I'm really excited to get you on. So, welcome to the show, Kyle Kaiser. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to it. Yeah, no problems. Like, how how are you? Like, things are a bit crazy now with with hockey, with life in general. So, like, how have you been? Yeah. Just everything. Uh, how are you getting situated with everything? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a little bit of different times right now with COVID and everything going on. I think it's kind of affected everyone, uh, whether you play hockey or not. So uh, this year, we've just been fortunate that, you know, our seasons have been able to, you know, kind of continue on and we've been able to play, um, you know, up here in Providence. We have a little bit of a shortened schedule this year, only playing, I think, 26 regular season games without any playoffs. So, um, you know, that's definitely a, a unique situation, considering we usually play upwards of two or three games a week and this year we're only playing about one game every six days so um it's been a little different managing that kind of aspect of the game um you know just making sure that you're prepared because you know you're only going to get a game in one every six days and you know you don't really have time to you know i would say make mistakes i mean obviously you're going to make mistakes but you know they're they're a little bit amplified because you don't have that time to you know go out the next day and play another game and kind of get that out of your head so uh, but no, I mean, like I said, in the world that we're living in today, uh, we're just fortunate to be able to play hockey and do what we love um, when there's so many other things going on around us. Yeah, for sure. So like, is it hard since like the AHL isn't having playoffs this year just uh, 
like I guess not motivate yourself because obviously you're still you're mm-hmm. playing games during this time and just like yeah. how hard is, was it hearing that like there's not going to be the call to cups not going to be awarded yeah no I mean it's definitely difficult I mean you know as a hockey player we all have a goal you know when we start the regular season of every year is we want to win a championship with that team and with that group of guys so you know when you when you realize that you're not playing for a specific I would say you know championship it makes it difficult for sure but at the same time, I think when you get to professional hockey, you're a professional, right? You get paid to play the game and this is what you love to do. And you're expected to come to the rink and prepare and perform the way that you would if there was a, you know, if you were competing for a Calder Cup. And I think our mindset here in Providence right now, um, you know, with our group, we've had a, a real good start to the season. We have a really good team, a good group of guys. And I think our mindset is just, you know, let's make the best out of this year and um, you know, let's use it the best, the best of our abilities for development. That's that way it sets us up into next year. Right. And we have a good feeling going into the next season, um, getting a lot of guys on our team. I know we have some younger guys on our team, including myself that don't have a ton of American league experience. So, I mean, I think it's an important year for us to be able to develop and play our games that way when we're set up for next year, moving into hopefully a, a full season where it's more of a, a normal year with playoffs and all that stuff, we'll have that experience from this past season to lead us into there. So it's definitely difficult to motivate yourself, I would say, when you don't have a championship goal in mind. But at the same time, you know, most of us here in the American Hockey League are working on our development to, you know, move up to the next level. So at the same, so when you're out there at practice or you're playing different games this year, I think you're really just trying to focus on, you know, hitting those development cues and making sure that you're going out and, you know, doing the things that you need to do to make it to the next level. Yeah. So like how important is that development aspect, especially like since like there's no playoffs and just you're you're a new newer guy in the American League and just you just got to work, work up the ranks and like get those opportunities to help you push the boundaries and push going to the next level, which is the NHL. Yeah. No, I mean, development is crucial. I think as a goaltender, um, you know, for myself, a lot of us you know, we always want to reach the level, the highest level at the earliest point of our careers, right? You know, the quicker you can get there, that would be awesome. But I think you have to take a step back and realize that there's a bigger picture regarding, you know, your development and your career longevity, right? So I think you see, you know, maybe guys get their chances as they're younger, you know what I mean? Then they might hit a bump in the road and then they, you know, have to kind of reset. So I think from my, my personality standpoint, you know, wherever I am, I'm just trying to improve every single day. It doesn't matter if I'm down in Jacksonville, up in Providence or up in Boston, right? I mean, I think my mindset and my goal is still the same every day. And that's just to keep getting better. And, you know, as long as you keep getting better at whatever you're doing, it doesn't even have to be hockey related. It could be life related, business related, anything. As long as you keep improving and keep an upwards trajectory, I think that you're, that's, that's what I deem as success in my eyes. And, you know, it's just making sure that, you know, you come to the rink every single day and you prepare and you do the things that you need to do that you know you need to do to be a professional and make it to that next level. And it's not a sprint, it's a marathon, you know, making sure that you put in the time, you put in the right effort to make it to that next level because there's going to be bumps in the road no matter where you are and you're going to battle adversity. And, you know, that's a big thing is learning how to handle that adversity at a young age and then cue that adversity to help you develop into the person and then into the goalie that you want to be. You know, some guys are fortunate at the, at a younger age where they're ready for that next step. And some guys maybe take a little bit longer, but it doesn't matter if everyone ends up in the same goal, right? If you make it to the NHL when you're 22 or when you're 25, you're still in the NHL at the same time. It's kind of the way I look at it. 
Yeah, exactly. I really like what you said there because it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Like you just got to trust the process and like you got to embrace the process too because if you look just to get to that, get to the NHL right whenever you can, like right early mm -hmm. from an early age, like you're going to miss out on that, on like the parts leading up to it and just not enjoying that. But like as like you go on later in your career, it, it just feels like you would appreciate the process a lot more and just be able to like work off of that and then work your way up to obviously the NHL or wherever you're, the highest level you're going to play. Definitely. Yeah. It's important. Like I said, to, you know, like you were mentioning, enjoy the process and the journey of it all. Right. Cause I think when you start getting, you know, so focused on your end goal, you start to lose track of where you actually are in, in your development process. And you're trying to think, okay, I got to make it to the next step. I got to make it to the next step instead of focusing on, okay, let me just focus on today, tomorrow, and the next day, you know, and then just take it one day at a time, one practice at a time, one game at a time. Okay, what did I do well in practice today? How can that help me move up to the next level? What didn't I do well? Let's go over that. Let's start focusing on that for the next couple practices to improve those weaknesses. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I think if you start jumping the gun and you start thinking long-term, you start to neglect some of the things that you're missing out that, you know, will ultimately fail you in the long run. So if you can kind of cover your bases early, you know what I mean? Okay. Obviously, you know, hockey and everything is not perfect. Like it's never going to be perfect, but you have to keep striving at, you know, fixing those weaknesses and improving them to make them strengths of your game. So if you can do that in a development role down in the American league, for me personally, if I can work on my weaknesses down here, I'll feel even more confident when I get that chance up at the next level that I've covered all the bases in the development process that I need to, to be successful there. Yeah, exactly. And like, just from like personal experience with me, like, I, I really wanted to like get the, get up the levels, like as soon as I can, but like, then, like you said, and I'm sure you could attest to this, you lose focus and like, yeah. you don't enjoy the moments, but like when you do the focus on like the day of, and just day by day, week by week, like you enjoy the moments you like focus on one thing during practice to get better. And then you better yourself every day at practice. And then that's that's like the process that you want to have and just like continue to work that way up build those pieces together before getting to the end end game absolutely the more prepared you are the more you can prepare yourself on an everyday basis when you get to those next steps or when you move up in a level you'll feel more confident like okay i know that you know i've done what i need to do to prepare to be ready for this opportunity i think that's a big thing for me you know early in the season when i was down in jacksonville I felt like that's where I was kind of really tuning my game up. Like I was feeling really good about where my game was, all the stuff that I worked on in the summer was starting to, you know, kind of all click together and start to work well. So when I got called up to Providence a month ago and I went into my first game, I had no nervousness, no worries because I knew I was ready for that. You know what I mean? I knew I put in the work and I covered the bases that I needed to do to make sure that I was successful when I came up here. And I think it all kind of fell in line. Yeah, exactly. And I, I like what you said there and just like the preparation part of it. Like, what do you do to prepare for like a practice, whether it be practice game, just a workout uh, yeah. on off ice? Like what, what do you do to help help yourself like tune in to whatever you're going to do next? Yeah, I mean, I think for myself personally, I am pretty, I'm pretty strict and diligent on my routines and how I prepare, um, you know, for everyday, you know, whether it be hockey life, all that kind of stuff, I find that, you know, if I can get myself in a routine, then that's going to lead me to success. Um, that's how I've always been raised. It's just that the way that I kind of live my life is routine based because I know I can, you know, 
that's just going to, I guess, provide some mental clarity for me so I can focus on what I need to do. Um, you know, from a practice standpoint, you know, I get to the rink pretty early, I would say, and, you know, always want to get like a lift in if I can, if I don't have a game, I'm not worried about being sore and, you know, doing some mobility stretching for, you know, 20, 30 minutes before I even, you know, think about getting on the ice just to make sure my body's primed and ready to go before I go out and practice. And I think I'm one of those guys that, you know, I know it's different for everyone and everyone's got their own way of thinking about it, but I, I really take practice seriously in a sense that I find when I have good practices and when I'm engaged in practice, when I'm working on things I need to work on, when the game time comes around, I'm not even thinking I'm just going out and playing hockey. And, you know, like I said, it's different for every single person. You know, some guys like to have a little more fun in practice and I like to have fun, but I think in the sense that I'm just always dialed in on what, okay, I'll have fun, but I know I need to, you know, I need to get this, this, and this done today to feel like I'm prepared for the next day. Um, you know, and then when game time comes around, I think it's even, I would say even more of a, you know, process for me and in, in the way that I prepare myself, I'm very, you know, big into, into breathing and visualization. And, you know, I do my, my hand eye stuff before I even get out on the ice in a, in a, in a dynamic warm up, all that kind of stuff. You know, it's something that's taken me probably four or five years to really nail down a routine that I've found like, okay, this works really well for me. And it's different for every single person, right? You know, I think, I, I think the, the main thing that I notice is that every single person has a different way of preparing for a game or a practice. As long as it works for them, that's what works for them. And I think it's something that you can't really copy another person's pregame routine. You know what I mean? You could take bits and pieces like, oh, I like what that guy does. You know, he does juggling or he does yeah. this. Maybe I'll try and incorporate that in my routine. But at the same time, it just it's just like anything in life. It's just repetition, repetition, repetition. And then, okay, that's what works for me. I really liked doing that before practice or a game or you know, anything that you do, um, you know, so I think for me, it's just a routine that I've built over years now. Um, it's something that I know, like if I go through my routine before a game, I can just go out there and play because I know I've done everything I needed to do leading up to that game to prepare myself to be primed and ready to go. And, you know, at that point, you go out and play the game. If it goes well, great. If it doesn't, you move on from it because you know, you, you know, you did and you know, in your heart and your mind, you did what you needed to do for, to prepare. Maybe that wasn't your night. Okay. As, as long as you can look at yourself in the mirror after and say, I've done what I needed to do, then that's all that matters in my eyes. Yeah. I, I really like what you said there. And like, you brought up a ton of great topics. Like, like everyone sees like, Oh, you're on the ice, you're making saves, you let in a bad goal. Like, but like yeah. all the little details that you brought in, like mobility, hand, eye routines, just establishing like stretching and just all of that. And just how important it is to like build that foundation off the ice to help you prepare and be successful on the ice and just everything going on. But between like, off ice on ice like you just bring all that together and like it makes like makes you I guess you could say and just how how you end up playing playing and if you're going to be a successful or not and just how yeah how it's gonna how it, it, you're gonna play out I guess you could say yeah for sure yeah so you also were down in Jacksonville earlier this year where you played mm -hmm. you got to play in a lot of games you played 16 mm -hmm. games so like how it's like, wh how was that for you and going down to Jacksonville, getting that playing time, like developing even, even more before coming yeah. up to Providence? I think it was crucial for my development to go down there early in the season. You know, last year, 
uh, my first, I guess, pro season, you could call it. Um, I had, a, I suffered a concussion early in November, so I didn't end up playing the rest of the season. Um, so I only played, I think about, I want to say seven or eight pro games last year in my first technically pro season. So, you know, I think this year, the way I looked at it at the beginning of this year was I was kind of, you know, taking this as my first year of pro hockey because it had been well over a year and a half since I had played a game from my, from last year to my first start in Jacksonville this year. Um, so I think when I went to Jacksonville, my mindset was, you know, it's going to, you're going to be a little rusty at first, you know, you haven't played a game in over a year and a half, but that's all part of the process. And, you know, it was my first couple of games in Jacksonville was shaky, right? Like I was, you know, and I expected that, but at the same time, you're a competitor and you want to do as well as you can. So you're frustrated and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I didn't play for a couple of weeks and then, you know, I got back into the net and, you know, I played well um, up in Greenville. And then I was like, okay, you know, I've been starting to feel like myself again. And then, you know, I was fortunate to kind of get on a roll where I'd started like, you know, 13 or 14, you know, consecutive games. And I was like, okay, I'm really starting. And I hit my stride and I started to feel like, you know, I put whatever happened with last season behind me and I could just focus on this year and what's in front of me. Um, you know, all the, all the changes I made with my goalie coach in the summer, I thought were starting to really implement into my game and becoming second nature rather than me thinking about them. Um, and it was awesome. And I felt like, you know, our team was starting to play better, way better in Jacksonville. I was playing better. Things were all starting to come together. And it was really, you know, a huge help for my development personally. And like I mentioned before, I think, you know, when I got the phone call that I was going to be called up to Providence, I thought I wasn't even worried. You know, I was like, okay, I'm ready for this opportunity. I played well. I've done what I needed to do. I've, you know, taken that step, you know, from last year to this year you know, and my game feels good. So now I'm prepared to come up here and, you know, make that next step and, and be successful. So, um, yeah, no, my, my, the beginning of the year in Jacksonville was, was very important for my development, um, you know, on and off the ice, just, you know, I would say, you know, just being able to work at putting, like I said, what happened last year was pretty difficult for me. Um, you know, just suffering the concussion, not being able to play the game that you love for over a year and a half and then COVID hits. So the season shut down and all that stuff. Um, so just being able to move past that and just focus on what's in front of me, like we had talked about, um, I think was really important for me. Yeah, for sure. It's so like when you weren't playing as great, like at the start of the year in Jacksonville, yeah. like what was your mindset like throughout that time? Just like every like, you know, when as a goalie, like. As yeah. when things don't go right, like you start yeah. like thinking and just overthinking about everything and sure. just like, what did you do to help your help calm yourself down? And especially in the mindset and just realize just to play game by game, day by day, and just, and just enjoy the process too. Absolutely. No, that's a great point that you bring up. Cause when it's going, when it's going bad, I think it's tough for us to, you know, realize, you know, that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and all you can think about, you know, as goalies and as, you know, just naturally as people, I think when things aren't going well, we start to overthink and overanalyze every single thing of what's going on. Right. And, you know, the first couple of games that I struggled in, you know, I felt like, like I was okay. I'm playing well, but just, you know, some, like it's not all there. You know what I mean? Like I'm not yeah. at my full abilities. I know what I'm capable of playing like, and I'm making some big saves and I'm making this and this, but you know, I, I know that there's some goals that, you know, I, I, I have like, that's not usually on me. And you know, I think for me, it was, like you said, I was getting really 
worked up about the first couple games because I wanted, you know, I wanted to do so well, so bad, so quick, right? Because I didn't play all last year. So I wanted to prove myself and, you know, I wanted to show everyone like I'm still here. And, you know, I I think I started to, you know, over over hype before games and I was getting so hyped up, like, I can't wait to play, you know, I mean, this and this and this. And I think after those first couple of games, I just... I had to take a, I had to take a breath, you know what I mean? I'd take a step back and say, okay, relax. Like everything's fine. Like, you know, just take a couple deep breaths, you know, let's, let's move on. Let's, let's just reset and focus on the next game. Whatever happened in the past, you can't change it. Let's just move on, watch some videos, see what you're doing well, see what you're not doing well. Let's try and make some adjustments in practice. And then when the next game comes, we'll put those adjustments in, see how that works. You know what I mean? I think it's a trial and error kind of thing. You're like, okay, let me try this out. No, nah, that's not working very well. Okay, well, let's take a step back, see why it's not working well, and then make adjustments on the fly from there. Um, you know, I have a great I have a great support system with my goalie coaches up here in Boston and Providence, and then my goalie coach back home in Michigan. So I communicate with them quite often. They have my video feeds, so you know maybe they can point out things to me that I don't see. You know what I mean? They're like, okay, well, I see that you know you might be doing this. Maybe you're getting a little, you know, overextended on plays when you can beat it on your feet, or you can be a little bit more compact. And then I look at the video and I watch it and I go, okay, yeah, you're right. Or maybe I have a rebuttal. What do you think about this, this, and this? You know what I mean? So I think it's uh, when things aren't going well, it's easy to overanalyze, but at the same time, you want to take a step back, you know, take a deep breath, realize, okay, everything's fine. You know what I mean? Like, let me just get back to my game. But I also think it's important to be able to learn from those mistakes, right? Like, you know, instead of overanalyzing, watch your video, you know, take 10 minutes to watch your video see what you did well, see what you didn't, and then move on from it. You know what I mean? Don't keep coming back to that video and watching it over and over and over again. Know what I did wrong. Okay, move on. Let's take a next step towards next game. So I think, I think being able to, you know, forget, you know, things quickly is such a crucial part of goaltending. Um, you know, in my eyes, it's something that I've worked on for years now with a sports psychologist, you know, reading different books, um, you know, focusing on my breathing techniques while I'm in the net. And the, all that is, is just helping me, you know, stay in the moment and stay present of where I'm at, not worrying about what happened, not worrying about the future, just worrying on next shot mentality. Something that I talked to, you know, my sports psychologist about, and, you know, for goalies, if, you know, this helps for anyone, you know, he always told me like, it's a next shot mentality, right? So whether you let in a goal from the far blue line, or you made the best save of your life, the next shot's coming, you know what I mean? So you, you gotta, you gotta worry about whatever's coming. Cause that whatever just happened, happened and it's done with, and now we got to move on to the next shot. So, you know, I routinely just say out loud while I'm in the net, like next shot, next shot, you know, shot 16, shot 17, and just focus on the next shot. And I think it just helps keep me in the present where I'm not thinking about what's happened and I'm not thinking about what's going to happen in the game. Yeah. I really like how you brought out, like brought up, like being in the moment because like, even from like personal experience, like last year, like wasn't my best year. And like, I'd be like dwelling on goals after <laughs> they happen. Then, you know, you know, what's going to happen next, the next shot right. go in right. like this year, like I had the same mentality, like next shot mentality and just tell myself after I give up a goal, maybe like, like say something like what I could have done better and then just shock it out of your brain and just say like focus on the next shot you got the next shot and then like mm -hmm. that's really helped me stay in the present and just being in the moment because that's what you need as a goaltender and just being able to not dwell and not 
and just forget about everything that's happened right. before and just focus on what's coming next, which is the next shot. Right. I think it's important as goaltenders. And I know, you know, some people are skeptical on sports psychology, you know, they might have their own opinions on it and that's completely fine. I mean, whatever works yeah. for some certain people is, is whatever works for you. I think what's worked for me, you know, talking with my sports psychologist is, you know, I have three key points that I, you know, that I know when I'm playing my best is, you know, me at my top of my game. So, you know, we have, you know, good positioning is, is a tracking pucks well is B and patient is C. So, you know, before every game, like before we start the game, I'll just be like, all right, let's be patient. Let's track puck well, and let's be at the top of the crease or good positioning all night long. You know what I mean? Just keep, I think if you just keep saying those things out loud, you know, studies show in psychology, like if you keep, you know, positive flowing thoughts out loud and you keep saying them over and over and over again, it's going to translate into how you're feeling. Right. And if you keep saying negative things like, oh, I should have stopped that. I should have this and this and this. All it's going to do is bring you down. So I think that's one of the things I've tried to focus on is just that positive reinforcement of just, you know, telling yourself that, you know, OK, that happened you know, deep breath, let's move on from it. And now, you know, I'm going to next, next time I'm going to be big. I'm going to be top of my crease patient, you know, doing my thing. I know, I know what I need to do to be successful. You know what I mean? So the more you can tell yourself those positive things, I think it becomes more of a reality. And as, as you start to think negatively, you know, things usually start to go negative. I mean, from my experiences, at least that's how I feel when I'm thinking negatively in the net, things start to have a trickle down effect where everything becomes negative. When I start to think positively, I find a huge difference in my demeanor, you know, the way that I present myself, I'm big in the net, I'm not creeping back into my crease, I'm not small, that kind of, all those kind of things. So it's just something that's helped me. And like I said, it's different for every single person. Um, but those are just a couple keys that I've worked on. Yeah, I really like what you said there and just couldn't agree with you. I couldn't agree with you more there. And just especially during like, like you brought up like puck tracking like during pregame warm-ups do you just like mm -hmm. just like think about like just tracking the puck in your glove and like yeah actually like leaning into shots and then just like staying on your edges and just holding your edges and not going back into the crease like you said and, and just yeah. making yourself smaller yeah so I mean like pregame warm-ups like you know we have 15 minutes out there or whatever it may be and I think you nailed it on the head my my focus on pregame warm-ups is a, I want to make sure my skating feels good, right? So I'll do a couple crease movements, some post work, you know, make sure everything's feeling good. And then when that's said and done, you know, I incorporate that into some shots and all that stuff. But I think tracking the puck for me is just the main thing that I'm focused on in a warm up. Just making sure my eyes are dialed in. I'm focused on every puck. I'm watching every puck into my body, my glove, my blocker, wherever it may be. Not getting lazy with my eyes, you know what I mean? Where I'm like, oh, I know it's going blocker. Just stick a blocker out there, right? Like I'm really like emphasizing like even over exaggerating it in pregame warm-up right so it just becomes nature it's second nature and a routine for me that way when the game comes around that's just what my body's used to right it's muscle memory it's not just you know when you start to get lazy that's what your body remembers oh muscle memory it's just you know stick a blocker out there and I think if you instill those good habits into your game early I think that that becomes just part of your game and who you are and you don't even think about it and you don't, next thing you know you're just tracking everything in and all that kind of stuff so I think it's pretty important I mean like I said everybody's got different pregame routines and how they go about their business and how they get focused and ready for a game and you know that's what makes you know you know people and athletes unique is that everyone has a different way of preparing and finding ways to find themselves in a, in a zone per se um, and that's just the, what I do to help myself. 
yeah exactly i i totally agree with you there and just like it it's amazing seeing like other people's other athletes just how they handle themselves their routines like everyone's yeah. different if it if it works it works for person to person like and just it it's amazing to see all that and just how how it all go, ends up being yeah definitely yeah so then going into uh, i want to go in the off season a little bit here just sure. like you uh like you said you got a concussion last year yeah. you only played a few games and then you go into this off season with like COVID happening yeah. and just being able like not knowing when you're when your next game is going to mm -hmm. be in like when the season's going to start like I know the ECHL started the last week of December early yeah. January or something like that and then the AHL starts in February mm -hmm. so that's like a good like 10 9 10 months for yeah. an off season so like what did you have really like focus on during this in this really long off season just staying ready whenever whenever something would happen for the season to start yeah I mean you pretty much nailed it on the head I mean it was a it was a weird unique off season in the sense that you know generally when my season ends I'm like okay I have till the last week of August before I go to training camp with Boston that's when I know I got to be ready and primed for my body where this this summer was like okay, we could have the season in three weeks. We could have it in three months. We don't really know. You know what I mean? So I think my, my approach this off season was just making sure that, you know, my body was at the top, top peak physical condition for a long extended period of time. Right. Cause I didn't know in that time period when I wanted to, when I was going in, you know what I mean? So I think in the early parts of the summer, so our season got canceled in March. So from like May, June, July, August, I did a lot of my strength building, right? Building up as much muscle as I could possibly do in, in that time period. And then September, October, November hit. And that was me building strength, but maintaining it and working on my quickness and my speed. That way it all came together nicely, right? When the season started. Um, and then one of the emphasis that I had this year in my off season training was I did for Every Tuesday and Thursday morning, we did an hour long mobility session at my gym, um, which was very, it, it's not just like typical stretching, all that stuff. It's like strengthening your, your joints and your, and your tendons and all that stuff in end ranges, which is basically like, for instance, like if you go into a split and to make a save, like, you know, everything in your groin and all that area is nice and tight and strong, right? So you're not going to have those nagging injuries. You're not going to have things of that nature. Um, so I found a really good gym this summer up in up in Michigan that really put a lot of emphasis on that and some goalie training. Um, and I found that, you know, my body felt amazing going into the season. Um, you know, one of the things that I wanted to, you know, ensure after last year not playing was that I didn't I didn't want to come into this year with some different nagging injuries, you know, what I mean, that could keep me out for an extended period of time. You know, what I mean, I missed so much time last year that I wanted to make sure that this year you know, my body feels great. I come into the season and I don't have anything bother me and I can just go out and play. Right. So I think that was a huge emphasis for me. And from a skating standpoint, you know, it's tricky, you know, when you're not sure when your season's coming, because you don't want to, you don't want to overdo it on the ice, right. You don't want to go four yeah. or five times a week because then you're going to burn yourself out before the season even starts, right. You're going to be 10 games in the season going, Holy cow, I'm so freaking tired already. Right. Because you've been skating for four or five days a week for the past three months. So I think for me, you know, I did maybe two skates a week, you know what I mean, for three weeks. And then the, the fourth week, I took that week off and then I would ramp it up a little bit. And, you know, this summer I was fortunate enough. Uh, my goalie coach, Dave Lassonde, 
He was my goalie coach at the World Juniors uh, with Team USA. He's now working with the uh, National Team Development Program. Um, he actually invited me out to skate with their 18 team um, probably about two or three times every week um, just because they have long practices. They had two goalies. So they were like, yeah, if you want to come out and skate with us, like we're more than happy to have you. So uh, that was awesome for me because I got to get in some practice environments, right? It wasn't just strictly goalie coach training. It was, you know, I got to see some two-on-ones, some three-on-twos, some different small area games where it was more game-like. So that way, when I went into the season, I wasn't just strictly working with a goalie coach for nine months on like, you know, positional and, you know, and all that stuff, which is great. You need to do that, but you also need to implement that kind of structure and that positional stuff into a real environment where there's unpredictability of two on ones and different game situations. So um, I think over the quarantine or over the, you know, the summertime, that was kind of my emphasis was just make sure in the gym that I was my strongest and I was ready at all times and feeling like my body was ready to go. And then on the ice, just making sure that, you know, I was tweaking my game a little bit to things that I might, you know, that I've, I've needed to correct over in the past. That way, when I came into this season, that was all taken care of. Yeah, exactly. And just, I, I really like what you said there and just like everything, like you focus on like mobility for like a few weeks and just the uh, strength and then yeah. you worked on like speed and reaction and all that. And then like it all came together, especially during what, what you saw this year in Jacksonville right like at the right time like everything came together and you you're able to right. just feel good to go and like you were uh, you brought up uh, the world junior team so yeah. like I want to I want to touch on that a little bit like you sure. were in 2018-2019 you uh, represented Team USA in the world junior championships where you got to mm -hmm. play in two games like what was it like repping the United States and getting to play in those games in uh, in international competition yeah, I mean, that was that was incredibly special. Um, you know, anytime you can put on the USA jersey, it's like it's it's kind of surreal. You know what I mean? It's hard not to, you know, get emotional in a sense, because, you know, that you have however many people in our country cheering for you. Right. Doing wanting you to do your best. And I think it's kind of just a cool feeling knowing you have, you know, a, the support of a whole country behind you wanting you to do well. Um, you know, so being able to play at the World Juniors was an incredible experience, um, you know, we, we, the first game that I played versus Slovakia, we had ended up winning two, one, which was just a great atmosphere. And, you know, we were in Canada, right. So that a lot of, a lot of the Canadians wanted them to win. And, you know, it was kind of fun to, you know, play against that crowd and, you know, watching them cheer. I think they had a penalty shot with like five minutes left in the game and we were up two one and I ended up making a save and I don't think the crowd was too happy about it, but I thought it was pretty funny. So um, yeah. So I think just playing in that environment, where you know that you're with 20 guys from all around the country, right? And you're all playing for that same goal of winning a gold medal in just a month period, right? I think it's unbelievable to see how fast our team chemistry and our camaraderie came together because we knew we had a month together, right? And that was it. But at the same time, we knew we were playing for a gold medal for our country. And, you know, not a lot of, you know, people can say that they're able to do that. And, you know, you want to make your legacy and your team, you know, you know, all the gold, all the gold medal teams that have won for the ju world juniors for the USA, you see their highlights every single year when the world juniors come around, you know, you want to leave that lasting legacy on your, you know, for yourself. Um, and I think that's just a cool way to approach it. And I had two amazing goalie partners at the world juniors with me with, with Caden Primo and, and Spencer Knight, who are obviously two world-class goalies and they're both going to be fantastic NHL goalies one day. Um, you know, so I got to learn from those guys as well. Right. Cause I, those, both those guys, Caden played at Northeastern in college and Spencer played at 
at Boston College and I was up in Oshawa, right? So I think it's kind of cool when you get to, you know, come together for a month and I get to see their games and they get to see mine and we get to kind of pick each other's brains, right? And we get to learn, learn from each other when in a normal atmosphere, we would have never gotten that opportunity. Um, so I think it was just a, an incredible experience all around. Um, definitely probably my, my top hockey moment of all time was, you know, being able to play at the World Juniors um, from a standpoint of just, you know, knowing the weight that's on your shoulders and just being able to just enjoy that whole process um, was, was unbelievable. Yeah, that, that's awesome. You were able to be a part of that, that run Team USA yeah. and just be there. So, like, throughout, like, the whole process, like, you're only there for a month. But, like, yeah. I'm sure you took away a lot from that time. So, like, what were some of the things that you learned, whether it be from, like, Kane Primo, Primo and yeah. uh, Spencer Nelly or, like, just the competition overall and just yeah. every just everything that went into to you playing some games and learning from those experiences? Yeah, so I mean, I'll touch on the the two goalies the first uh, from your first question with with Preems and Niter. Um, I think just the the thing that I wa- that I wanted to learn was just you know I wanted to watch them in practice, right, in games, and just see their games and see what they do well, right, compared to what I don't do very well, right. You know, I think Preems and Niter are both big guys. Um, you know, they are very very sound positionally. You know, I mean, pucks seem to hit them in the chest. They're never out of position. They're never scrambling around the crease, right? They're just, they're just solid. Both are really solid goalies. You know, they're very methodical in their movements, right? They don't get out of control. They just, they just almost push, stop, set, puck hits them and they just swallow it up. And that's kind of how, that's how you want to play goalie, right? Like it's just the easy way to play. And I think just watching those guys was unbelievable. And I think the thing that stuck out to me the most was, you know, I got a chance to room with Spencer, um, you know, at the world juniors that year. And, uh, I think he was, I mean, he played three years at the world junior. So I want to, he was either 17 or eight year, 18 years old. He was young, right. Let's put it that way. He was, he was very young and he was there, you know, he didn't get into any games that year, but, and he was, he was whatever. If you say the third goalie, I don't consider that. I think we were all pretty, you know, equal in our, in our capabilities, but, um, you know, he was just watching us and being able to learn from, you know, that experience that way the next two years when he played at the world juniors, he was lights out. Obviously the last year he won the gold medal and he was unbelievable. Um, but I thought the thing that stuck out to me about Niter was just how mature he was for his, his age at 17 years old. You know, we roomed together for a couple of days on in Victoria and when we got to Vancouver and just watching him prepare himself and the way he goes about his business and the way he, you know, acts at the rank and just, was I knew he was going to be a good good professional goalie because you can just tell when guys have it down pat and when they know how to be a professional. And I just thought it was super impressive at such a young age how how professional he was. Um, you know, Preems is the same way. He was just he's just more my age, right? So I, I you know you expect a little bit more at a at an older age than you do at Niter's age. But Preems is the same way. He's a professional all the way around. He handles his business you know, very, very professionally comes to the rink, does what he needs to do to prepare much like all of us do. But, you know, I think it's, it's not easy day in and day out, right. To come to the rink and know that you have to do certain things to make sure that you play at the best of your abilities. And that's why the best guys are the best guys because they do those things. So, you know, learning from those guys was, was, was pretty, a pretty cool experience. And they're, and they're, they're good friends of mine and, and, you know, people that I'll, I'll cherish those memories with for life. Yeah, for sure. And that that's awesome. They were able to teach you all that stuff and just yeah. how, how young uh, Spencer Knight was at yeah. that time and just how he managed everything, just 
because it, it comes with pressure, especially playing at For that sure. level. And he's only 17 at that time. And just like, yeah. just to help you develop as well. And that, and learn yeah. from him is that, that must've been really, really awesome to see firsthand yeah. and just be able to implement that in your game and just uh, how professional he was. Yeah, no, it's cool. I mean, I think it's the nice part about having three goalies and, you know, all of us together is like, we can all pick each other's brain, right? We watch video together. We watch NHL hockey together. You know, there might be an aspect of my game that they think I do better than them. Right. And there's definitely aspects of their game that I know that they do better than me. And I ask them, well, okay, so what do you, how do you play this situation? What do you think about this situation? And then they'll ask me the same situation and, and you know, from different plays. And I think that's the cool part about it, right? You can take the strengths of other guys' games and the weaknesses, and you can kind of help build that. And, you know, you know, find what you're good at, find what you're not good at, find what he's good at, what he's not good at, right? And kind of help each other. And that's what it's kind of, that's what's awesome about, you know, being together on a team, you know, at the World Juniors is you're all, at the same day, you know, as much as you want to play, we're all, we all want to win a gold medal, right? So if, if Preems is standing on his head, you know what I mean? I'm going to be his biggest cheerleader on the bench. Good for you, man. Like, that's awesome. You know what I mean? And I'm doing, and I'm, I'm playing you know, well, Preems was doing the same thing for me in those first couple of games, you know, Niter the same way. So, you know, I think it's just cheering each other on and wanting us, wanting, wanting everyone to be successful is, is really important in being a good teammate and just a good person. Yeah. And like being a good teammate is especially important because like, if you're not a good teammate, no one's going to respect you and just, right. you want that respect and you want everyone to think you're, think you're a team guy and just be there for everyone. It's, it really helps the support system as well. Cause you could go with, go to them for anything and just it's Definitely. always good always good to hang with the boys too for sure always a good time with the boys <laughs> oh yeah absolutely so like what was your favorite moment from that world junior championship uh experience that you had my favorite moment oh that's a tough question um I mean obviously the world juniors that year didn't end the way we wanted it to with with us losing to Finland in the gold medal game but you know I think I think after the gold medal game, you know, we had, you know, a good together at the hotel with all our teammates. Right. And, you know, I think that kind of sticks out to me because it was just, you know, we kind of sat in the hotel room or in a, in a huge, like, I guess, ballroom, you would say with our, all of our team, our coaches, and we just reminisced about, you know, our time there and it was emotional, right? Like after the game, you know, it was, it was tough when we lost the gold medal. There was a lot of tears. There was a lot of, you know, emotion in that room because we had wanted it so bad. Right. And even the staff was upset, like all that stuff. So you can just show it showed how much everyone cared about, you know, winning that for the country. Um, you know, I thought that stuck out to me because it was, it was a pretty, you know, one of those things where you look back on it now and you're like, wow, like that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. You know what I mean? I only know these guys for a month and we generated that much, you know, family bond um you know to you know really care that much and there's still guys on that team that I talk to to this day you know what I mean that I've never even that I never met before I went to that tournament you know what I mean so I think it's awesome you know and I would like I said I think I think you know the hockey aspect of it is unbelievable no one's going to take that away from anyone I mean the world juniors is the best under 20 tournament in the entire world but I think the actual camaraderie and that that day after the game you know, was pretty special, you know, I mean, just to kind of see, you know, what it meant and just knowing that like you had built a lot, a lifelong bond with some of these guys, which was pretty cool. Yeah. That's, that's an awesome memory there. And just, even though you guys didn't win the gold that year, but like you're able to go back on these memories and just, mm -hmm. just uh, reminisce about them and just 
know that it happened just have yeah. that have that memory in the back of your head yeah no it's awesome yeah so I want to touch on your junior hockey career a little bit sure. here so uh, you played four years in the OHL so like what was the process like to find a find a team in the Ontario Hockey League like were you drafted there like yep. you found your way onto the Flint Firebirds like what was that process to find to be on an OHL team yeah so I mean I played you know, U16 uh, for Victory Honda in Michigan uh, the year before I got drafted to the OHL. Um, I tried out for the national team development program. I uh, didn't end up making the team. So then after that, my decisions were kind of, you know, I can go to the USHL and play hockey there. And I had a couple of op options there, you know, excuse me, or I could go to, to the OHL. It was my decision. You know, my parents were super supportive. It's, it's your career. It's whatever you want to do. Um, after talking with my agents, we felt like the best route for me personally was to go to the OHL and I got drafted by Flint and it was, you know, very, very good for me that first year to get drafted by them because I backed up my first year. My, my, the goalie that started in front of me, Alex Nedeljkovic, um, who was playing with Carolina right now, very good friend of mine. We've been friends since even before that, when I was growing up, cause we have the same agent. So we got to know each other. So we've been friends for God, I want to say over seven or eight years now. Um, that first year in Flint was super important for me and my development because I got to learn from someone who's older than me. Right. And I think Alex, if anyone knows him, is just the nicest human being on the planet. And, you know, I was so fortunate enough to play with him that he was able to just share his wealth and knowledge with me and let me know, like, you know, show me things in practice. And, you know, this is how, you know, you approach games. This is how you become a professional, all those kind of things because I was 16 at the, or I was 15 or 16 when I came into that league. So I was, I was still in high school. I was, I thought I, you know, I thought I had goaltending all figured out. I knew, I thought I knew the position. Oh, I'm going to make it right to the NHL, all this stuff. You know what I mean? And then you kind of get a, you kind of get a reality check and you play in a league that's, you know, obviously one of the best leagues in North America. And my first year I had my ups and my downs. Right. And you, you quickly realize, okay, this isn't, you know, this isn't U16 hockey anymore. I'm not going to just go in and dominate. Like I got to actually, you know, put in the time and the work if I want to be successful here. And I think my first year in Flint was crucial for that. Cause Alex really showed me, you know, how to be a good pro and how to do these things and, you know, how to manage my emotions and, you know, all that, all those kind of things that are, that are important to being successful. Yeah, for sure. And just like, like you said, you played, you played a lot of games in the, your first year, you played in 17 games. Yeah. So like, what was it like getting that shot to play good level juniors, like one of the best in North America and just being able to play in a talented OHL? Yeah. I mean, my first year, you know, was kind of a whirlwind. I mean, my first game, you know, I won, we played in Mississauga. I think, you know, I had 28 saves on 29 shots right so I played a good game we ended up winning 2-1 so I was like oh this is awesome like this isn't so bad like I can do this kind of thing and I think the important part is anything you do in life you know in order to be considered successful you have to do it on a consistent basis and I think I struggled with consistency my first year I would have a really good game and then a really bad game right and then I would be flip-flopping back and forth and I played really really well and the next game I get pulled, you know what I mean? So I, my emotions were all over the place. And this is kind of what I touched on earlier about, you know, how I've been able to, how I've been able to handle my emotions as I've gotten older and been able to really dial that in. When I was young, I was so all over the place, right? I'd have a bad game and I would think about it for days on end, right? And I'd have a good game and I'd be like, oh, I'm awesome. You know, this, this, and this. 
And I think my first year was really good for me to be able to understand the consistency aspect of playing goalie and making sure that you know what you need to do to be good every single night in, you know what I mean? And your bad games are just average and your good and your great games are great. You know what I mean? I think that's an important way to, you know, for me to, to learn. Um, and it was awesome. And it prepared me for, for my three years in Oshawa. Um, you know, and if you want, you want me to touch on that a little bit? Yeah, I was, I was just about to bring that up. Like you sure. you get you, you go on to Oshawa next year yeah. and you play three years there. So take us through playing in Oshawa and just being on a yeah. new team, new locker room. Like what's yeah. going through your head there? Yeah, I mean, obviously I got traded to Oshawa in the, in the offseason after my first year in Flint. Um, and I was excited. I mean, I had heard great things about Oshawa. If anyone knows about the organization, Oshawa, it's top notch. It's, it's an absolute first tier organization in the OHL. I have absolutely nothing but good, good things to say about my time in Oshawa. Um, so my first year I got traded there, obviously a little bit scary at first. I never, you know, I'm going to live in a Canadian city. I've never, you know, left the U S to live per se. Um, so it was different for me, you know, it was a little bit of an adjustment period. Uh, my first year in Oshawa, I, I backed up uh, Jeremy Brodeur, um, obviously Marty Brodeur's son, who is playing in Binghamton now. Great guy. Really got close with him. Um, you know, and I thought I started, you know, I made I made a good step in my second year in the OHL. I found like I was getting more consistent. Um, you know, I was working towards what I wanted to be. I was starting to get my game to where it needed to be to be successful at the OHL level. Um, I had a great goalie coach there my first year, Zach Burke, who's now the goalie coach for the Ottawa Senators. He just got hired probably two days ago. Um, so Berkey was awesome for my development, uh, you know, helping me with some different things that he needed that I needed to clean up um, and, and be successful at, at, that, at that level. You know, I got away with some things that I was super athletic when I was young. So I made some saves when I was playing 15, 16 year old hockey. But at that level, it just wasn't going to fly. It wasn't going to cut it. And I needed to make adjustments to my game. And I, I thought I did a really good job, you know, with the help of Berkey and Jeremy in my first year in Oshawa um, of making those adjustments. And then my second year in Oshawa was my first year as a starting goalie um, in the OHL, like a full blown, this is my team kind of thing. And it was, it was huge for my confidence. Um, you know, it was important for me to get that step. And I thought I had a really good, another really good step in my, my third year. Um, and making, making strides and, and, you know, keeping in, keep on improving my game and, and making sure that I'm having that upward trajectory. Like I talked about early in the podcast, um, you know, of making sure that I keep on, keep on improving. And that's what I'm, I was kind of trying to do um, my whole, my whole time at Osho was just keep on improving. And, you know, we had a good regular season. Uh, I think we finished like middle of the pack and then we lost in our first round of playoffs to, I want to say Niagara um, in the first round in my, in my third year. Um, which was tough, you know, it was a disappointing heartbreak and, and you wanted to, you know, win, but I think I, we weren't ready to win at that point. We were still a young team. I was still young. It was my first year starting, so we weren't ready to win, but it was a good experience for us to get into the playoffs and get in that first round. And then my fourth year is when I, when I took the biggest step in my development. Um, you know, I'd already had a year of starting under my belt. I knew what to expect. Um, I knew what I needed to do to be successful and give my team a chance to win um, every single night. And that was when I really, you know, when I really made my biggest stride um, was my fourth year. We had a really good team, still a young team, but more veteran presence of guys that have been older, um, you know, so that was good. And we made a lot of noise in the playoffs my fourth, my fourth year. Not a lot of people expected us to do well. Um, you know, we traded our, you know, two of our better players on our team uh, to Niagara at the deadline. 
uh, for some draft picks because, you know, Asha was was happy with where we were at, but they're still thinking about the future because they didn't think we were ready to win an OHL championship, which is totally understandable, and that's the business. Um, so, you know, so we traded two of our better players, Jackson, Nika, and Matt Broussard, to uh, Niagara. And, you know, we made some noise in the playoffs. We beat Peterborough 4-1 in the first round, and then we ended up playing that same Niagara team that we lost our two best players to. And they won the first two games of the series. And then we ended up coming back and winning four straight, winning that series. And then we played an absolute juggernaut of a team in the Eastern Conference Finals in Ottawa, who was just unbelievable. And, you know, I think from my personal perspective, I think we were so emotionally drained from that Niagara series because it was such a battle. Like we took them to game six. We lost the first two games like four or five of those games have gone into overtime, right? So we were just battling tooth and nail every single night to win that series. And then, you know, Ottawa had swept their first two series. So they were, they had only played eight games. They're chilling at home. They're ready. They're rested up. And we were just on an emotional high. And, you know, we put up a fight against Ottawa, but, you know, they were, they were unbelievable that year and, and kudos to them. And, you know, but, but that last year was, was special for us in Oshawa and it was special for me. And, you know, I think the city of Oshawa, the people that I met there, the coaching staff, all the players I've, you know, are some of my, my favorite people on there. I consider them family. Um, you know, some people that I love, my billets there were unbelievable. Um, you know, so I have nothing but good things to say about my time in juniors in Oshawa. I loved it there. Yeah, for sure. It's like, what was it about, like, getting that opportunity to play in the OHL, especially, like, yeah. you struggled your first year in Flint, yeah. and then it just gets better and better and better from there when you're playing in Oshawa. So, like, yeah. what what was that opportunity like and just being able to to roll with it when you did get to Oshawa and, like, got to, got to be the guy and have, like, that this is your team? Yeah, no, I mean, that was, that was big for my development. But I think I – the one thing you have to – that I realized is, you know, I was never given, you know, the team in Oshawa. I had to earn it, you know, every single day. And I think my first year backing up uh, Jeremy, you know, was, was basically, I guess, I guess essentially you could say a tryout, you know, for me, because Jeremy was an overage goalie, right? So he couldn't, he wasn't eligible to come back the next year. So it was basically like, all right, well, show us what you can do. And if you can take this team over the next year. So that was my mindset that year, right? Was every game. Okay. I got to go out and prove that I'm capable of, of leading this team next year. Um, and that was the way that I looked at it. And then my last two years as a starter there, you know, I think I just found what worked for me. And I found that comfortability factor with being in the same city for, you know, a whole year now. And I knew what to expect from the coaching staff and the players and all that kind of, you know, in, in, in the living situation. I think I just felt more comfortable. And, you know, I just every day I wanted to get better. You know what I mean? I didn't I never want to get you know, I guess stagnant is the right word where I'm just plateauing and I just stay the same the whole time because then you're not, you're not going anywhere from there. Right. And I know it sounds corny, but I think I literally just every single day would just go in with the mindset of, okay, let's get better today. You know what I mean? Even if you're tired, all that stuff, find a way to get better in some aspect of your game. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be five different things today. It can just be one thing. You know what I mean? Okay. Today I want to be, make sure that my post play is good. You know what I mean? Like let's, let's make sure there's nothing happening on post play, no bad goals, anything like that. And just taking little things and just working at them, you know, small, small details and working at them over time leads to success. Yeah. I love that. Just like all the little details, like, like yeah. you said, leads to success and like, they they matter because they, they potentially could make or break a career and just Absolutely. if you're not doing the little things like you're gonna plateau and just stay 
stagnant, like you said, but if you're doing like the extra things, like you'll yeah. hopefully you'll you'll see yourself going up and just it's just goaltending is such like a technical thing, technical mm-hmm. like position that like you just got to do everything you can to get better and like have that open mindset. Of, I want to get better every day and just no matter yeah. what, like you, you could be tired and right. you don't want to go, but you go and you get better and just right. just continue on that on that upward trend. Yeah, I think the the thing that I would say in like if there's young goalies that are listening, I think the you know, just strive to improve at least one part of your game every time you go out on the ice. You know what I mean? Like don't focus or don't get so caught up in, oh, I need to fix this, 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 and this. You know what I mean? Because then your then your attention's on five different things, right? If you can dial in on one single detail that is important for that session and hammer that down. You know what I mean? It keeps your focus at a smaller, you know, uh, almost like a smaller tunnel, right? Where if you widen out the tunnel and you have a bunch of different things going on around you, then I can only put 20% of my focus into post play, 20% of my focus into skating, 20% into tracking, right? Do you know, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. for me, when I go out there, I'm like, okay, what do I want to work on today? What did I not do well last? What did I not do well in last game? Well, I got beat on a bad angle goal. I want to work on my RVH today. You know what I mean? Okay. So now, Anytime that there's a play behind the net, I'm in my RVH. I'm working on the little details. Where's my hand placement? Where's my skate placement? You know, do I need to be over aggressive? How do I need to play this situation in the RVH? And just working on those little details, right? And the little details are what separates NHL goalies from guys that, you know, don't make it pro because everyone's got good skill in pro hockey. You know what I mean? Like the AHL goalie and the NHL goalies, you know, they're obviously different. But I think the difference between the two is, is the, are those little details of those guys at the NHL that are just so spot on with their little details. You know what I mean? When you watch the top end goalies, Price, Vasilevsky, you know, Bobrovsky, Tuka, you know, all those guys, you just watch their game and their, their, de- their attention to detail is just phenomenal. At least for me and my, my noticing on those guys when I watch the NHL games is their attention to detail is phenomenal. Yeah, 100% agree with you there. And, like, you could learn so much from just watching them and just absolutely how technically sound they are. And, like, that's one of the biggest things that, like, I've heard a lot of people say is just, like, we have, like, the resources, like, YouTube, like, the TV. Mm-hmm. Like, you could watch games and just watch these goaltenders and how, yeah. like, spot on they are with, like, the details, like you said. And just you could learn just from watching games or even watching their highlight reels and just right. seeing how they do stuff and how they're incorporating it into their game. Right. I think, and one of the things that I've done, you know, I think a lot of young goalies and I, I did this when I was a kid, right. You, you, you find your favorite goalie, right. And that's all you want to watch. All I want to watch is Carey Price. All I want to watch is Carey Price. Expand your horizon, right. Watch all NHL goalies. Everyone does something specifically really well. Right. Like for, for instance, I love watching Bobrovsky's post play. I think his post play is unbelievable. I think he's probably him and Vasilevsky, their post player top, top in the game right when you watch when I get to watch Carey Price just how smooth he is with his movements right he just so unfazed by any pressure anything like that he's just cool calm and collected the whole time obviously being in Boston system anytime I watch Tuca play his positioning is unbelievable pucks hit him in the chest left and right he's never out of control right his post play is good as well but I watch it so I like I take different things from goaltending right Bobrovsky I watch his post play Carry, I watch his skating and I watch the way he moves around the net and how he handles that stuff. Tuka, I watch how positionally sound he is on different plays. He's just so patient on his feet. He doesn't bite on things. Like, so I think it's important for goalies to be able to watch different, different goalies 
and take different aspects of their game. And you don't have to incorporate that, but maybe watch something that, you know, a guy does and maybe you don't do. And, oh, maybe I'll try that out in practice. And if it works for you, phenomenal. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. You know what I mean? But at least you can try and implement things in your game from some of the top goalies in the entire world. Yeah, exactly. And, like, that's what I've noticed recently as well is just, like, work focusing on, like, the different – like, like I would used to just watch my favorite goalie, which is, like – it was, like, Jordan Bennington and Corey Crawford. Like, yeah. But, like, now I've expanded. Like, I've watched, uh, like, Jordan Bennington's compete level, Crawford's, like, mm-hmm. positionally sound when he was playing. Mm-hmm. And, like, Carey Price, like, is, he is strong and so smooth, like you said. And just yeah. as Levski's, like, athleticism, like, any lot – there's a lot to pick on and just, sure. just incorporate it into your game and just – just it, it's really interesting just watching these guys and learning from them because – you, you don't even need a goalie coach to to learn yeah. anything you, you could watch literally any nhl goalie ahl goalie like so technically sound like they the details are are written all over the place certainly i agree with you yeah so i have a few more questions for you before sure. uh we get, Absolutely. get this thing wrapped up so like i know we've we've already in, had a, like a lot of tips in this in this uh episode so like do you have any yeah. other like tips like tips or tricks that you could use for like younger goalies looking to get to the next level? Yeah. So I think for younger goalies, the one thing that I would emphasize is first of all, have fun, right? Have fun with the game. Like I think, you know, especially when I was younger, I would get so caught up in wanting to make it to the next level. And sometimes I would get lost in not having fun in the game. Right. Cause I was just trying to be, I just wanted to, I wanted it so bad. I wanted it so bad. I wanted to make it to the next level that you know, it almost become, it ended up becoming work, right? And then once you start having fun again with the game is when things start to usually go well. Um, so I would say always have fun, never take it too seriously. It's still a game at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Whether you're playing at the highest level or you're just playing for fun, it's a game. And we were fortunate, you know, I'm fortunate where I have a living, where I play a game for a living. At the end of the day, that's all it is. You know what I mean? It's not make or break. It's not going to break your life. It is, you know, life goes on. And then the other thing I would say is, you know, if you can focus on the mental approach of the game at a younger age, and I'm not saying like a, a 10 or 11 year old goalie, like obviously I don't expect 11 year old goalies to be working on breathing. You know what I mean? But if you're 16, 17, where I was in like that, my, that Flint stage and you can focus on that mental aspect of your game and maturing a little bit and focusing on, you know, like I said, breathing, you know, doing some visualization, you know, there's, there's plenty of stuff that you can Google on online of, of sports psychologists and what they recommend. I think if you can start that at an early age, you'll have an upper advantage on some of the, on some of the uh, other goalies on your age group. Right. Cause I think, you know, obviously there's a, a skill discrepancy, you know, at the 16, 17 year old age, but as it becomes, as you become older and you start to move up the ranks, the skill discrepancy starts to get a little bit smaller between goalies. And there's just little things that put guys over the edge of what makes this guy great versus what just makes this guy good. You know what I mean? And I think one of the things that I've found that, you know, can put you to the next level of making you great is the mental aspect of the game and really harnessing that, um, you know, and focusing on that. So when things aren't going well, you can calm yourself down and you can get back to the way you can go. You know what I mean? And when things are going great, you don't get too high on things and you just, you can focus on what needs to be done. Yeah. That that's an awesome, those are awesome tips for, for everyone, like not even younger yeah. goalies, but like every, every goaltender, like you just got to expand and just like everything you said there, I, I really enjoyed and really like 
I couldn't agree with you more. Like it, it was very well said. So my next question is for you is like, what's been like the most ridiculous save that you've had to make and you somehow oh. end up stopping it? Oh my goodness. That's a great question. Um, I think uh, in playoffs, my last year in Oshawa, I made a paddle save versus Niagara that I had no, I had no business making this save. And it was just one of those things where, you know, you dive back with your paddle on like an empty net and it somehow catches a piece of you. And then, you know, there's a scrum and a pile on top of you and you find it like under your arm and you're just sitting there like, holy cow, how did I just make that save? You know what I mean? I think I actually have a picture, picture on my Instagram that somebody got a picture of and it's on my, it's hitting like not the paddle, but just on my arm here. And I think just the, I think at the time, it might've been in the third period, we were up by a goal or it might've been overtime. So just the timing of the save and the save itself, you know, was, was pretty great. And it's something that, you know, it's a confidence booster, right? Like that, that, that gets you fired up. You hear the crowd going nuts, your benches going bananas. And, you know, you know, that's a, that's a great feeling as a goalie. Um, so that one probably comes to mind um, like immediately as like one of the, you know, better saves I've made in the, in the, in recent, um, you know, I've made some ridiculous saves probably in practice here or there. You throw a behind the back glove save or something like that. You're just messing around. And, and, and sometimes it works and sometimes you look like an idiot, right? You throw a behind the back glove save and it goes bar down. You're like, oh, God, I guess I really didn't need to do that. <laughs> but, uh, but no, from a game perspective, I think that one uh, in games, I think it was game six versus Niagara in the third period. We were up by a goal was, was pretty memorable. Yeah, for sure. It's always, you're always like, holy smokes, like, how do I get this whenever you make yeah. that, that incredible yeah. save? Like, I've had a few in, like, practice in, in my skates, like, just, like, practice. And, like, I once got, got a guy, the same guy twice on a paddle save and just yeah. in this, maybe within, like, a few reps. And it was, yeah. like, he's like, how did you do that? And I'm like, I just, <laughs> I just threw my, threw, threw the paddle back and yeah. somehow found his way to hit it. A lot of a lot of the best saves that you ever make are are fifty percent luck and fifty percent skill, but that's the fun in it, right? Like that's that's what makes it awesome. Because you know, there's some times where you know a forward comes down the wing and he dangles a defenseman, but he kind of loses the puck and it makes its way through and it looks like an unbelievable unbelievable move. But at the same time, he really lost the puck, right? So then everyone's like, "Oh, that's unbelievable!" It's like, "Oh, it's fifty percent luck, fifty percent skill." You can say the same thing for you know saves like that. Yeah, exactly. But you uh, you tend to be like, "Oh, yeah, it's all it's a hundred percent skill at that point." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what you tell other people, but in the back of your mind, you know that you know part of it was probably luck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, my final question for you is like, sure. if you're looking to get in the gym, like pregame warm up, like what are you listening to? Like, what's that? What's that pump up song that you're listening to? Oh man, I have a whole pump up playlist. Oh. I don't have a, I don't have a specific song. However, lately I've been on SoundCloud with uh, the Big Booty mix before I go out for the games. That's kind of been getting me going as of late. Just because I think I created a playlist early in the season on Apple Music. That's pretty. That's pretty dang pretty damn good. But I started to listen to it so much that you know you kind of get sick of it and you're like, all right, I want something else to get me going. So then I don't even know how it got brought up, but. One of my buddies, we were at our apartment one night. We were hanging out watching hockey and we were playing cards and he had the big booty mix bumping. And I was like, oh, this could be a good pregame routine. So then I started listening to that recently and that's been getting me going. So, you know, they got they got a good nice mix of like the classic remixes like EDM and stuff like that. And I like how it kind of changes from song to song. And then like you hit that one song and it fires you up. And, you know, so that one, that's what I've been bumping lately. So 
Uh, yeah, it's just a, a, a big collage of songs. Oh yeah, it seems to be the famous around among everyone that has said what their favorite pump up song. Like everyone, everyone said that. So it's it's, yeah. uh, it's very popular within the within the yeah. world. I love it, man. Like I try to, you know, I like to get amped up before games, and then so I'll listen to music probably like the whole bus ride. Let's say we're going to a road game. Like if it's a forty minute bus ride, I like to listen to my music. You know, kind of get amped up. I'll listen to music while I'm stretching, taping my sticks, doing my you know hand eye stuff. And then as I'm getting dressed to go on the ice is when I kind of take the music off and start doing some breathing stuff to kind of calm myself down a little bit, you know, bring everything back to my breath. But no, I do love, I love, I love a little big booty mix just to get me going for the games. Oh yeah. That, that, that's unreal. It's just got to, got to pump that whenever you want to get pumped up and just get yeah. the juice flowing. I probably listen to it a little bit too much, even when I'm not on game days, just because it fires me up. Like if I go out and do anything, but Hey, it's all part of it. Hey, if it works, it works. And that's right. Whatever you got, you got exactly. That's right. That's so, right. Yeah, exactly. So Kyle, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time and want to wish you the best of luck going forward with the season. And I look forward to following your career the rest of the way. Awesome, man. I appreciate you having me on and best luck to the podcast. Everyone, uh, Give him some love. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. And give, give Kyle Kaiser some love, too. <laughs> He's a fucking stud. <laughs> I appreciate it, my man. Yeah.